You are God's masterpiece. He created you on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. And if that's not enough, Psalms 139.14 says, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You're listening to Marketplace Ministry, a podcast for Christian entrepreneurs that looks at business through a biblical lens. Your business is a calling, and when you do it according to God's principles, it is an act of worship and brings glory and honor to Him. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to Marketplace Ministry. My name is Jason Smith, and on today's show, I want to bring to you a talk I did at last year's Purity Conference here at Abundant Life Church in Radcliffe, Kentucky. This will be a departure from our series on the leadership lessons of Jesus, but we'll pick that up again next week. I really felt led of the Holy Ghost to share this with you today. If this is your first time listening to us today, be sure to follow this podcast and leave us a review wherever you are listening. Let's get into this content. This talk today is called How to Guard Your Heart Against Cancel Culture. How many of you have used the snooze feature on Facebook to stop seeing posts from a friend? Okay, a couple of you. How many of you have blocked someone on Instagram? How many of you have unfriended someone on social media? How many of you have been unfriended on social media? I know I have. In 2020, during the height of the coronavirus pandemic, my news feed was flooded with hostile messages. I would see posts from Trump supporters, Biden supporters, pro-maskers, and anti-maskers. I could I could post something on my personal Facebook feed, and I can guarantee you that someone who disagreed with me would start an argument with me in my comments. Has that ever happened to anyone in here? On one such occasion, I told this person, if you don't like what I'm saying, then you can change the channel. Immediately after that, I unfriended that person. And it just so happened this was someone who went to our church. Yeah. I had actually blocked a member of the body of Christ all because she had a different perspective than me. I'm not proud of that moment, but without realizing it, I had committed, I had participated in what the news and social media has labeled cancel culture. Cancel culture is a cancer of society. Where cancel culture exists, you'll see an increase in hate, division, racism, sexism, and ageism. Cancel culture separates us into subgroups instead of realizing that we're all created in the image and likeness of our creator. And whether or not you're a Christian doesn't matter. Cancel culture is a weed that has its roots in all parts of society. And because Christians are at risk of participating in cancel culture, much like I was. Today, I want to talk to you about guarding your heart against cancel culture. We're going to talk about what cancel culture is. We're going to talk about what God's word has to say about cancel culture. And then finally, I'm going to offer you some practical suggestions in how you can guard your heart against cancel culture. Let's get started. Cancel culture is when one group of people excludes another group of people from having any part of their lives. It's like if this side of the classroom has nothing to do with this side of the classroom. And some of the reasons why people might separate from each other is because someone has said something that offends them, or someone has said something that hurts their feelings, or someone 
is different than them. All of these reasons point to the central idea in cancel culture that it's all about denying another person's right to exist. We're all created in the image and likeness of God. Some of us know that, some of us don't. But just because someone doesn't believe the way we do does not give us a right to exclude them from our lives. Imagine, I want you to think back to before you accepted Jesus. Imagine if people cast you away because you weren't a Christian. What if no one shared the gospel with you because you didn't look like them, you didn't talk like them, you didn't think like them, and you didn't act like them? Once we were all lost, and it's by the grace and mercy of God that we become saved, without the compassion of Jesus, our final destination would be the same, a life of eternity in hell. Some of you might be canceling people out of your lives because you're strategically isolating yourself inside a safety bubble. And your safety bubble, it's your comfort zone. And inside the comfort zone, guess what? It's comfortable. But eventually that comfort turns to complacency and complacency becomes apathy where you just stop caring. You become deaf to the things of God. You become numb to the things of this world. And inside your safety bubble, you reject anything that does not align itself with your beliefs. You separate yourself and you become a loner. You become blissfully ignorant and unaware of how the world really works. But can I tell you this? Don't attempt to go through life alone. Don't go it alone. The worst thing that can happen when you go it alone is that you can isolate yourself. And the worst thing about isolation is that it can lead to depression. It can put you into danger. I want you to think, can you remember the story of the lost sheep? There's a certain shepherd who had 100 sheep. One of them has gone astray. What does the shepherd do? Well, he leaves the flock of 99 to go search for the lost sheep. Now, why would he do that? Well, I'm sure, you can, uh, I'm sure you're aware that there's safety in numbers. So the flock of 99 are safe because they're all together. Now, as a former vet tech in the army, I know that when an animal goes astray, when it goes off to be alone, there's something usually wrong with it, right? There's a, there's a risk to that lone sheep that he could be snatched away by a predator, that he could fall off a cliff. He could be sick because a lot of times animals will seclude themselves when they're sick. It could be injured because animals don't want to, to be around people when they're hurting or they could be dying. And so a good shepherd goes and brings back the lost sheep so it can come back to safety. Well, I used to isolate myself a lot when I was in high school. And whenever I did that, I felt detached, like I didn't matter, that nobody would miss me if I was gone. And it's that kind of thinking that can lead to depression. And if left unchecked, depression can lead to suicide. I almost took my life when I was 20 years old because I believed that I had no friends, that nobody loved me, and that I was going to go through life alone. But you see, God had different plans for me. As I was attempting suicide, I heard the familiar sound of my pet guinea pig squeaking from his cage in the corner of my room. And the moment I heard that sound, I stopped in my tracks I dropped the knife, tears streaming down my face. A single thought popped into my mind that said, no one can take better care of that animal than me. I ran to the bathroom. I began to, to wash away the evidence, and my, my roommate noticed that something was wrong. He made a couple phone calls, and within minutes, two police officers and both of my parents arrived 
at our apartment. The police officers gave me an ultimatum. They said, son, you can either leave with us or you can leave with your parents. What's it going to be? So I chose to leave with my dad. That night, my dad drove me to Sylvania, Ohio, where I was admitted to Flower Hospital's psychiatric ward, where doctors diagnosed me with depression. I spent a week in the hospital there. I missed having Easter weekend with my family, but I got a phone call while I was in the hospital, and it was from my little sister. When I heard her voice on the phone for the first time, there was... There was something different about her, something there was a new boldness in her, a confidence that I'd never known before. This was my little sister, but there was a transformation in her, and I I supposed it had to do with the fact that she just graduated from basic and AIT in the Army. But whatever it was, I knew in an instant that I wanted what she had. And so I worked hard to get into the military. I wasn't even a Christian at the time, but God used a guinea pig to stop me from committing suicide. And because he did that, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior during the seventh week of basic training. I think it was November 17th or 24th of 2002. I became a Christian. And now almost 20 years later, I'm married, I have three sons, and I have a ministry. And none of that would have been possible if God did not see fit to save me with a guinea pig. Now, I tell you that story because I want to emphasize to you that you must not go through life alone. Suppose you buy into cancel culture and you start, you start randomly canceling people out of your lives whenever they disagree with you, whenever they offend you, whenever, whenever they say something that hurts your feelings. Or maybe they're just different than you. And you... you Get them out of your life. If you keep doing that, eventually you will end up all alone. And that was never God's plan. The first place in the Bible where God says it's not good is when he looked upon Adam and he said it's not good for man to be alone. He created us for community. He created us to be with each other. We need each other. And that brings me to my second thought for you today. What does God's word say about cancel culture? Now, when I ask this question, Noah's Ark comes to mind. And in this story, God canceled everything when he sent a flood upon the earth. He was perfectly within his rights as the creator of heaven and earth to destroy the earth with a flood. But even so, he promised that he would never destroy the earth in that way again, right? And we see his patience and mercy time and again throughout the scripture. Every time his people abandon him for false gods, he never left them. He expressed his anger and discontent with what they were doing, but because he's God, he held back his wrath. He restrained himself from destroying his people again. He forgave them, not because they deserved it, but because he loved them so much. He showed them mercy and grace for his namesake because he is a holy and righteous God. And let's not forget that God created us in his image and likeness. Because he created us in his image and likeness, we should imitate him. Instead of canceling people out of our lives, we should be extending to them the same mercy and grace that God showed us. We don't have the right as the people of God to cancel people out of our lives because cancel culture is the same thing as murder. The sixth commandment tells us, thou shalt not murder. In other words, God's saying to us, you don't have the right to take the life of another person, nor do you have the right 
to deny them of their right to exist. The biblical approach involves forgiveness and the ministry of reconciliation. And really the two are the same thing because without forgiveness, you can never move a relationship into reconciliation. Forgiveness is necessary because people are imperfect. People are going to disappoint you. They're going to hurt you. And when they do, it's your job to forgive them, even when it's hard. And if you can't bring yourself to forgive them for their sake, forgive them for your sake. You see, without forgiveness, you can carry that hurt and pain that they caused you with, with you for your entire life. Even if later on in life that person dies, you can still feel the sting of the hurt that they caused you. Without forgiveness, your Father in Heaven is unable to forgive you. Forgiveness is for you. It sets you free, it relieves the pain, and it allows God to forgive you. If the love of God is truly in us, then we are going to forgive others. Jesus said, love your enemies. That's not always easy to do, especially when somebody has said something negative about you, when they spread lies and rumors about you, or they hurt you physically or emotionally. When that happens, it's only natural to want to retaliate, but it's not our job to punish. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, and he will repay everyone for the evil that they've done, but it's our job as imitators of Christ to show mercy and grace to others, to forgive them. Now, let's get into four strategies you can use to guard your heart against cancel culture. The first thing is this. Filter everything through the Word of God. Before you comment on a social media post, before you spread news and gossip, get in the Bible and see what God's Word has to say about it. A great place to start is in Ephesians 4.29. It says, Let no corrupt word proceed from out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. In every conversation, it's not our job to stir up strife. We shouldn't be speaking harshly to others. Our goal in every conversation is to impart grace to those who hear us. But too often, we want to communicate our opinions about things instead of deferring to the Bible. The Bible is not my opinion. The Bible is God's opinion. It's what he thinks about things. And in Isaiah 55, 8, the word says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but I can say for me that whenever I get into the Bible, whenever I'm meditating on his word, whenever I'm praying to him and I'm meditating and being in his presence, I'm asking God to transform my thoughts to be like his because I want to have the mind of Christ. Don't you? The second thing you can do to guard your heart against cancel culture is to stop being a people pleaser. Now, I learned very early on in life how to get along, how to play a part, how to act a certain way in order to fit in with the crowd. But do you know what I learned? God didn't call me to fit in. God called me to stand out. And I want to encourage you today to stop trying to fit in with what culture wants you to be and instead start focusing on whom God's called you to be and doing what God's called you to do. The third thing is this. Be careful about the friends you choose. 
You have the freedom to choose your friends, so do it wisely. The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked. Do you understand what that means, to be unequally yoked? So to be unequally yoked, it's like when you have two oxen that are yoked together on an ox cart, and one of the oxen is stronger than the other. So the cart is going to go in the direction of the strongest ox. If you choose friends who are stronger in what they believe, and they, they're deep into the world's culture, right? If they are so strong about what they believe in the world, and you're weak in what you believe about God, they are going to drag you down into the world with them. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So you have to be very careful about who you let into your inner circle. And that means that you need to establish some boundaries and communicate them to others. Your boundaries are based on your values. You must know your values. If you don't know your values, the world will be quick to assign values to you. But when you know your values and you operate within them, you'll never find yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Why? Because when you follow your values, you will only put yourself in situations that align with your values. And if you do that enough times, the right time is going to happen for you. You must communicate your boundaries to others. It's up to you to do that. If you decide beforehand what your limits are, then you won't have to when you're under pressure. You'll already know what to say. You'll already know what to do. Boundaries are there to help you, not harm you. Boundaries provide you a way of escape whenever temptation comes your way. The last thing you can do to guard your heart against cancel culture is to know who you are in Christ. Now, finding our identity is one of the biggest pursuits in life. And many of us go through our whole life trying to find out who we are. But how exactly do you go about discovering your identity? The best place to start is by getting in your Bible. Find scriptures. You know, Jesus found himself in the word. Find scriptures where God says who you are and write them down. Begin to, begin to confess them over your life every day. And the next time you feel lost, pull out your scriptures, start reading them, and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to bring to remembrance whom God says you are. You know, a great place to start is Ephesians 2.10, which says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we could do the good works he planned for us long ago. Do you hear that? You are God's masterpiece. Mm. He created you on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. And if that's not enough, Psalms 139.14 says, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you understand what that means? It means everything God makes is glorious. Nothing he makes is meant for the trash. You are his masterpiece. You're precious to him. What would that do for you if you actually believed it? How would your life change if you actually thought that was true? When we find our identity in 
the Word of God, and we find this confidence in the Word of God, we end up finding our ultimate worth. And can I tell you that your worth doesn't come from external sources. It doesn't matter what other people say or what they think about you. Your worth doesn't come from outside sources. And if you struggle to find your worth because of your past sins, mistakes, or failures, I've got good news for you. Your worth doesn't come from internal sources either. Your worth comes from one place, and his name is Jesus. Your worth is all dependent upon what Jesus thinks of you, and he sees you differently than the way you and others see you. He willingly died for your sins. He stretched out his arms, and he said, I love you this much. He died so that you could be in a relationship with the Father, and one day you would be with him in heaven. No one can put a price tag on you. No one can put a value on you because Jesus already paid the highest price for you. You are worth it. And so is everyone else. Even if they are still sinners, even if they think contrary to his word, even if they do things he disapproves of, he still considers them worth it. God is allowing every human the opportunity to become a child of God. So if we go about canceling people just because they're different than us and that they don't believe like us, we are not in the will of God. The will of God is forgiveness, mercy, grace, compassion, redemption, and reconciliation. If you really want to beat cancel culture in your life, then you'll do these four things. Number one, you'll filter everything through the word of God. Number two, you'll stop being a people pleaser. Number three, you'll be careful about the friends you choose. And number four, you'll know your identity in Christ. I truly hope that you enjoyed this talk today. It was fun preparing it and getting it ready to minister to the teenagers. And like I said, it's something that we all need to deal with is guarding our heart against cancel culture. We get to decide, you know, are we going to be Christians that honor God with our social media? Or are we going to be Christians who are toxic and instead of winning people for Jesus, we make everybody say, hey, look at you, you hypocrite. So that's not who we are called to be. We are called to love one another and to do that with agape love. And I hope that you got that today. You can send us your feedback or questions by emailing us at marketplaceministrypodcast at gmail.com or feel free to text us at 502-833-6136. Please be sure to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want more from Marketplace Ministry, we encourage you to check out our, our new flash briefing that's available on Alexa devices. You can find it in the Alexa Skills Store by simply searching for Marketplace Ministry, and it's called Good News Daily. It's your daily dose of encouragement for the work week. 
If you're a kingdom-minded entrepreneur and you're focused on glorifying God by making an impact for Christ in your marketplace, I want to invite you to apply for the Kingdom-Minded Entrepreneurs Mastermind Group. Membership is for one year. The group meets once a week for 90 minutes. Space is limited to 10 people, and each week we will gather in a spirit of harmony to discuss business pursuits. You'll get to talk about your wins for the week, challenges, and we'll encourage you and spur you on in whatever it is that God's called you to do. Members will rotate into the hot seat every week. So at full membership, you will be in the hot seat once every 10 weeks. And I know what you're thinking, Jason, why would I want to be a part of a group where I'm only in the hot seat once every 10 weeks? That is like five times a year. Well, it's for this reason. You'll get more value out of other hot seats than you will your own. You'll be able to challenge your thinking. You'll be inspired and motivated, and you'll find ways to solve your own problems by helping someone else when they're in the hot seat. So if you are ready to grow your business spiritually and to begin operating in the anointing God deposited within you, apply for the Kingdom-Minded Entrepreneurs Mastermind Group. Simply text the word MASTERMIND to 502-833-6136 for more information. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this message today about guarding our heart against cancel culture. We ask, Father, that as we display ourselves online and in person with other people, Father, that we will begin to reach out and love one another the way that you loved us. Let us be kind. Let us show agape love to every single one of us, extending that to them. Whether or not we deserve it, whether or not they deserve it, we're going to love them regardless, and we're going to help people that way. So help us, God, to do that, to to operate in your favor with others, and to lead them in the way that they should go, and to just be a blessing to their lives. And we thank you, God, for that today. We call it done. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next week, we call you to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. We hope today's message inspired you and ministered to you. Let us know if it did by joining the conversation. You can do that by connecting with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Clubhouse. All the details will be in the show notes. If we helped you today, please share this episode. Be sure to rate this podcast and leave us a review. When you do, it helps us know what content you find valuable so we can make more of it. Plus, it helps get this show in front of more listeners. So if you could leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Continue to seek God first and serve his people well, and your business will prosper. In Jesus' name.